Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Terry Talks Fiction. Today we're going to be talking about a really fun little sci-fi book called Assassin's Orbit by John Apple. This is one of the books that I had the pleasure of reviewing for Aurealis magazine and I thought it took a really novel idea of mashing some genres together and also managed to do so in such a way that really took advantage of a lot of the promise that science fiction can hold, both in the technological advancement and just the social development of our species, really weaving elements into the narrative that made so much really cool stuff seem absolutely normalised, while also using those same elements to make the narrative really exciting. The blurb of the book goes as follows. Murder forces unlikely allies. On the eve of the planet Ileri's historic vote to join the Commonwealth, the assassination of a government minister threatens to shatter everything. Private investigator Nu Akerake and spy Mako Ogawa join forces with police chief Toiwa to investigate and discover clues that point disturbingly towards a threat humanity thought they had escaped. A threat that could destroy Ileri and spark an interplanetary war, unless the disparate team can work together to solve the mystery. So, right out the gate, the blurb there gives a pretty good indication of what the main thrust of the narrative is going to be. The book starts off at the scene of a murder where a bunch of important people have got together on a, sta- a space station and have been murdered. One of those being a diplomat who's come to help oversee this vote that the planet on around which the space station is orbiting is about to vote on whether to join this commonwealth of humanity's diaspora planets or whether they're going to remain independent. And sort of from that explosive beginning... Uh, with this high-intensity political thriller, the book sort of just builds on itself over and over and over again until by the end you've just got this book which is a mash of so many different science fiction principles and ideas and treatments all crammed together into the same novel. And that sounds like it's going to be really busy, And it is really busy. There's a lot going on. But it's one of those rare occasions where everything is so perfectly balanced that even though there are space battles, revolutions, political intrigue, spycraft, organised criminal syndicates, the murder, science gone horribly wrong, computer hacking battles, terrorism, intergalactic law, and a battle for the future of humanity itself, it all really gels together to make this total, which is somehow like, it's like a clock where all the different parts are whirring and ticking at once. And what you see is something that can tell you the time. The narrative is just really well served by how seamlessly all of this is woven into the narrative. That's a real struggle to get right a lot of the time, because if you're taking time out of the story that you started with, which is this assassination attempt, well, successful assassination, and the fallout from that because one of the victims in the room was 
personally related to our first central protagonist. So their stake in solving the mystery is very different to the other characters in the novel. And when you introduce so many other elements around that premise that you started the novel with, it can be really easy to overwhelm that premise and forget it. And therefore you don't end up with a very satisfactory conclusion at the end when you've got to tie together you know, 20 different threads to make the, the big conclusion. But the reader is sort of is mostly invested in the early threads that they get, and specifically about New's journey through the novel, because that is what you started with in chapter one. And you make the book is making promises that this is what the focus is going to be on. But the really good treatment of the first few chapters and introducing these different characters, which will then go on to spread out all these different narrative threads that then all weave back together around the central mystery is really elegantly done. And there's enough clues seeded through from really early on that as you're reading, you're absolutely confident that this is all going to tie back together. Even when new things and new concepts and new characters are being introduced halfway, three quarters of the way through the novel, you can still see just from the pattern of where the narrative has gone to that point, you can see how it's going to tie back in towards the end. Even if you don't know exactly how it's going to do that and the narrative does successfully surprise the reader in that way, you're still able to use what the author has shown you in the book to date to understand where the threads are going to end up. And I feel it's not really spoiling anything too central to the narrative because, again... As a reader, you are aware that this is going to be the case from very early on. But how it points everything back towards the idea of this terrible plague which got humanity to leave Earth uh, some undefined hundreds of years ago, or if defined, I've since forgotten, and escape up the space elevators into ships that they could then take them off to seed through the universe leaving Earth and this this plague-ridden Earth behind forever. It's a good staging concept for what then becomes a real sort of cultural melting pot for, firstly, all the different parts of Earth which managed to escape, going off to their own little places or m mixing together in, in interesting ways. But then hundreds of years down the track, now that people have been living on other planets or living full-time in space stations or microgravity environments, it's successfully developed into this really interesting picture of humanity's future. And I alluded at the start of this review that part of that is due to the tech that's involved, which is really super cool, and part of it's just due to the, the way that those societies are culturally structured around a whole host of things. Firstly, I found it was really great how the technology was really straddling that line perfectly between too futuristic and relatable to the here and now. It sort of took a couple of key concepts that humanity is exploring today and just played out how would that be if those sort of fringe technologies now became core technologies of the future. It's most easily and probably best illustrated with the 
overwhelming use of augmented reality. Like, everybody uses AR at all times. And it's just a normal... It's like just one of the five senses of humanity. You've got people just... You know, they enter a room or something and they just immediately start checking out people's social profiles to find out the name of the person they're about to talk to. Sort of, you know, a rough idea of who they are and what their job is and etc. You know, you've got people going into new environments and scanning the room and going, all right, well, this is the guy I need to talk to because they're the person who works with XYZ. It's so seamlessly done that you forget really, that in order for this technology to work, there are also physical modifications to everybody. People have implant, ocular implants. People are continually wired to this network that's either on the space station or on the planet. And those networks on the space station or the planet don't necessarily talk to each other all the time. So when you are in places that drop out of reception, all of a sudden it's very noticeable in the book. And up to that point, you realise that you've just been taking a lot of it for granted in the background. And for a novel to sort of weave that through really seamlessly so that you suddenly notice it by its absence. And when it's absent, you realise, well, all the different steps that must have been in place for it to work in the first place. That's It's really satisfying. It's a really very engaging world that's been built and it sort of speaks to a lot of care and attention that's been done in the world building and the process of really thinking about what a future human society might look like and might do with bioengineering and just the the tech flesh divide, how blurred that can get. And there's some characters too who really take great advantage of this. You've got the central characters, most of whom are quite older than your standard sci-fi fantasy protagonists. The super spy that we have in here is not the sort of 30-something, indefinably 40-something James Bond. They're someone who's basically at the end of their career trajectory. There's so many characters that are in their 60s or their 70s throughout this who are still going around and kicking ass and just doing the job. And at no point is that ever really brought up. Like, they'll be characters who are grumbling to themselves and complaining that you know, after rolling around in a, in a microgravity fight, you know, their knees acting up now, you know, gee, it didn't used to do that, you know, 40 years ago, but here we are. But then, and then they just keep going on. Like no one sort of focuses on a character's age as meaning that they can't do the job anymore. The age is not the failing. The age just happens to be there as part of a constellation of different traits about the characters, which was really refreshing and made these characters really interesting because then you can go ahead and do things like have New's longtime detective partner be the grandparent of this person who got killed. So you've got a personal connection to the murders, which doesn't mean that in order to pursue this investigation, the character necessarily has to do anything different to if they were the 35-year-old maverick detective. And you've got the the leader of the police force who is more stereotypical in age bracket, but still at the older end. It's, it's, it's a believable idea that this person is coming in with fresh, new, young ideas to her position, but also is not 22 and stupidly inexperienced or anything. They've, they've really, 
they put in the miles to get to where they are and sure their ideas might be like young and fresh compared to the person that came before them but there are more sort of credible age bracket to be following in this position it makes a really a really fun and interesting sort of inversion of the little old ladies interfering in a murder investigation trope and i've seen this book describe itself as sort of the golden girls meets sci-fi um it really has there is a very definite flavor of of miss marple or rosemary and thyme or any of these you know these little old ladies who find themselves suddenly embroiled in some sort of murder investigation and and off they trot to get their evidence there is a a real flavor of that in this which is unmistakable because of how familiar everybody has to be with that trope after the last you know however many decades of television but it doesn't overstay its welcome as a trope and it it is there for flavor it's not there to be a deconstruction or to be a focus in its own right another one of my favorite characters just for the the again the sheer capacity for science fiction to tell stories like this is the blind forensic investigator. So she's turning up to crime scenes to forensically investigate them and also just happens not to be able to see anything. Of course, she's relying on a, on a host of technologies which let her do her job. But it's also made clear by the narrative that she's not using those technologies to see what is happening. She's using those technologies to investigate the crime scene in a way that's very unique to her and her perspective which I really appreciated because it sort of, it got around the idea of, well, technology can fix disabled people. This, in my opinion, does it really well because it uses the strengths of her character with the senses and the capabilities that she has to get around not having sight, not replacing her sight with some sort of like daredevil echolocation, which is entirely just the same as sight. And the strength of that approach is really shown when later in the book, that same character is using those same skills, but in a vastly different environment and in a very different way in order to progress another part of the narrative. It doesn't feel out of place at all. It doesn't feel like a stretch or a reach because you've already established that these are skills and capabilities that that character has. And it's just building on strength to come up with a new and very interesting way of solving a problem. And I like how well-crafted that is so that it seems really seamless and effortless. And it just, it makes sense within this context of the novel. The other part that I really loved about this book that just makes sense in context is how religion, gender, and sexuality is just woven in through all these characters throughout the entire thing. If you can pick something from any of those elements you feel is underrepresented in fiction, then it will be dealt with here. It will be represented here in a very, not even a positive way. It's just there. It's not positive or negative. It's just part of the landscape of this culture, which is exactly the way that it should be. I mean, you've got just like, you've got a fella in here who just makes a dick joke about his partner in front of the little old lady at one point. It's just breezed by because... It's just as normal as anybody else making a dick joke. It's not a big deal. You've got characters who are just introduced with their pronouns, non-standard from he or she, and they're just used in the narrative. 
there there's one character who isn't even introduced with a different pronoun. The ca- other characters who already know this character just start referring to them when they walk into the room. And it's the sort of thing that sort of glides by. You don't really notice it until you've already read it. And then you go, oh, wait, hang on a minute. And in the same way, you've got people of, of all ages, of all relationship statuses, of all different approaches to religion and how that weaves into their daily lives. Whether they are religious, whether they're not religious, what kind of personal inward and outward expressions of that religion they have, how station policy accommodates for those differences in religions. It's all just woven in so painlessly. It paints a really accepting and really optimistic vision of humanity's future. And I'm sort of at the point now where a bit of dystopian future fiction can be really fun, but optimistic science fiction is something I really crave. I like the idea of looking forward and to a humanity that has sorted its shit out and left a lot of the pettiness behind, where people are using their emotions and their technology just to make lives around them better and that the impediments to that which are in their way are not petty impediments they are important impasses that deal with the core natures of humanity not sort of the set dressing fluff that we've put around ourselves for the last however many thousand years This book sort of just, it just cuts all of that away, just focusing really on the interesting questions that lie at humanity's heart, rather than letting those elements get clouded by what's in someone's pants, or where they put it. And it manages to do that in a way that is really not preachy at all, it's just part of the world, normalised and normal, and it lifts everything else in the narrative because it's there. You've got situations which come out of the religion, which come out of the way that people are interacting with each other, that just naturally progress the narrative towards, you know, these the epic space battles and the the spy versus spy sections and the dangerous shuttlecraft chase through a thunderstorm in a ravine, you know, the all the familiar set piece elements of science fiction that you've got and you've always that you've always had but with this shiny coat of fresh paint that is this optimistic positive inclusive future for humanity and it's really good assassin's orbit is out now you can get it through any any you know digital book retailer and I'd recommend it's worth your while if you like if you like science fiction if you like an engaging story and if like me you're just really looking for that breath of fresh air in the genre it's fast paced it's exciting it deals with some important topics and I would recommend it to anyone but what about you guys have you read Assassin's Orbit does this description of the book inspire you to maybe want to search out a copy or is it something that just sounds too messy with too many going parts for you to be interested in if you want to continue the discussion either way you can always reach out on terrytalksfiction at gmail.com or join us on the discord server talking fiction i'll put a link to that in the show notes 
We love to get your perspective on things and to continue the discussion which starts here, so please do reach out. Otherwise, I hope you've enjoyed this review of Assassin's Orbit by John Apple, and I look forward to talking to you again soon. <laughs>